Oh, my God. 
25 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos Hanukkah. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Al 
JM in the AM with Sam Glazer and the uh, Rockin' Hanukkah. What does he call it? Rockin' Hanukkah Review, I think he calls it. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, yeah, Rockin' Hanukkah Review uh, with Neskadol Hayasham. Uh, Good Shabbos, a song that was composed in this studio by uh, Pinchas Wolf. No joke. It was composed in this studio. Uh, and now it's made its way onto Shirei Pinchas, volume number three. How do you like that? The Shiv, brand new from Simcha Liner. Yeshiva Boys, Alanisim. Miami Boys, Alanisim. The Hanukkah Medley from Micha Gammerman. And Regesh with Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Friday on this December the 15th, the 27th of Kislev. It's day three of Hanukkah 5778. It's Erev Shabbos Parsha's Mikates with candle lighting time at 4.09 on this era of Shabbos, 4.09 is your official candlelighting time here in the New York area. Make sure you know when things start where you are, as um, candlelighting is different in every area of the world and how it is. Uh, we bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Teves will be Monday and Tuesday. Rosh Chodesh Teves will be Monday and Tuesday, which means what day of the week is a Sarba Teves? A Sarba Teves is going to be on a Thursday, right? Yeah. Oh, boy. I don't know if there'll be a live lunch that day. Maybe a live not lunch. <laughs> that, that may be what it is. Anyway, Rosh Chodesh Teves Monday and Tuesday will bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. 22 degrees, 63% humidity, winds west at 5. Afternoon snow today. Can you believe it? Erev Shabbos Hanukkah with, with a high of 62. That's got to be a mistake. Hang on a second. That is definitely a mistake. Clouds early tonight that clearing late. With a low temperature of 28, that makes more sense. Don't worry, I'll get the I'll get the real high for today in a minute. And partly cloudy for Shabbos with a high temperature of uh, 41 degrees. Right now we're at 62 in Yerushalayim. We are at uh, 22 here in New York City. My gosh, it's 32. Yeah, it's not 62 for the high for today. It's 32 <laughs> for the high for today. <laughs> a little bit of a difference. It's cold here in New York. I was just telling somebody in Israel. They chose a good, well, every week's a good week to go to Israel, but if you if you don't like the cold weather, you really chose a good week to go to Israel, that's for sure. And greetings to those who are listening in Israel and everywhere else. By the way, by the way, uh, we are dedicating this morning's show, of course, to Janet Hode, and I will tell you why. Uh, last night, um, uh, the Hodes and uh, Gavriel Siegel and myself were among the hundreds of fans that were rooting on the uh, Yeshiva University Maccabees on Hanukkah, the Maccabees on Hanukkah, uh, to an amazing come-from-behind overtime victory. It was an amazing come-from-behind overtime victory. And um, and we're sitting at the game, and Yeshiva does not get its first foul until 14 minutes into the game, at which point Janet reminds me that yesterday during the live lunch, I blessed the team, <laughs> I publicly blessed the team, that they should stay out of early foul trouble. And, uh, yeah, I will take complete credit for the uh, – I'll take complete credit for that, <laughs> for the lack of early foul trouble, thank goodness. And, uh, therefore, to uh, Lior and Janet and the entire Hode family, uh, we say um, a happy Hanukkah and dedicate this morning's show to them. There you go. The most dedicated fans you have ever seen uh, up at YU, that is for sure. Um, so there you have it. And uh, it was really an amazing victory. Congratulations to Coach Elliot Steinmetz and the entire team. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. It's JM in the AM at 25 minutes before 7 o'clock. Lots of activity on our app. My gosh, 
JM from Teaneck is on an absolute rampage. I mean, JM from Teaneck, and I don't mean that in a bad way at all. Uh, JM from Teaneck uh, wants to hear a variety of uh, material. I wonder if JM from Teaneck is still on a on an incredible music high from Eighth Day's appearance here yesterday. That was pretty fun, huh? The Eighth Day appearance here at JM the AM. I thought that was cool. Um, Anyway, so if you want to see the majority of JM from Teenex comments, you're not going to be able to see the bonus JM ones, but if you want to see the ones that JM from Teenex has posted on JM in the AM, you can go to our app, the NSN Nahum Single Network app for Android or iPhone, and you can check it out. Also, Shaney's in the old city. We've got to make time when we go to Israel to say hi to Shaney. Uh, a light-filled Hanukkah Shabbos from the old city with guests. And uh, Shaney, we wish you the very same. A great, wonderful... Um, well-lit Hanukkah, to say the least, uh, from all of us here at JM in the AM. 25 minutes before the hour, plenty more coming up if you keep it right here at JM in the AM.
miles of my vehicle, eight nights, gonna shine invincible, no longer be divisible, born through the struggle, keep on moving through all this hustle, head up, head down, through all of the bustle, New York City wanna flex your muscle, look so down, look so puzzled, huddle around your fire through all the rubble, bound to stumble and fall, but my strength comes not from man at all, bound to stumble and fall, but my strength comes not from man at all. When 
Friday on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Mikates, a Shabbat in Liverpool. You know who that is, Lenny Solomon. Saw the King of Schlock this week on Tuesday. He's in the middle of a massive Hanukkah tour, as you would suspect. Like he is every year. And I wish him the best of luck. He is uh, he is everywhere this Hanukkah. <laughs> and nowhere compared to all the places he's been to. He's been to all 50 states, but he is everywhere. It is amazing. Uh, before the uh, Lenny Solomon Shabbat in Liverpool piece, you heard Jonathan Rimberg uh, have a little dreidel. Neshama Orchestra had Yemea Chanukah. Ma'ostor, Maisha Aisher from the Chanukah Party album from many, many, many decades ago. Matisyao had Miracle. Uh, Amram Madar with Bowie Kala. You heard Sam Glazer to uh, wrap up the previous set with Nes Gadol. Haya Sham. 22 degrees, afternoon snow, a high of 32. Clouds early tonight, then clearing later on, and a low of 28. Partly cloudy tomorrow, a high Shabbos day, 41. 62 right now in Yerushalayim. We're at 22 here in uh, New York City. As we say good morning, and wish everybody a wonderful Shabbos Hanukkah, and I mean a wonderful Shabbos Hanukkah. Don't forget we bench Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh uh, Teves will be on Monday and Tuesday. Rosh Chodesh Teves will be on Monday and Tuesday. Candle lighting in New York, 409. 409, your candle lighting in the New York area. And to make sure you know what uh, candle lighting is wherever you are on this earth. It is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world. The web at NachumSingle.com on the NachumSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Do we have Galit Sal going yet? Do we have our news from Israel? Oh, there we go. Galit Sal in the background. Our news from Israel is, in fact, coming up. Hope you have wonderful plans for your Shabbos Hanukkah. And for um, uh, for tomorrow night and for Sunday, a lot of families getting together Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday night for wonderful Hanukkah celebrations. Don't forget the Nachum Segal Network has amazing music going. When, when our live programming is not uh, entertaining you and informing you, our um, amazing music stream on the network is keeping you going. Keep that in mind no matter uh, when it is and no matter what time of day you're having your Hanukkah celebration over the next couple of days. Believe you me, you'll be happy. Don't forget JM Sunday with Matis starts at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. JM Sunday is a live program with Matis, wine guest. 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. It'll be time for the court report. Court report brought to you by uh, our friends at Crown Trophy. And, of course, Elliot Weiselberg hosts that and gives you the latest on hockey, basketball, etc., etc. Big, big... Um, Congratulations to the Yeshiva University Maccabees. The Maccabees won on Hanukkah. That's right. Many years later, the Maccabees win again. Overtime victory last night in men's basketball. We say congratulations from all of us here at JM and the AM. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday. Erev Shabbos Hanukkah is next. חג אורים שמח from JMNM. גליצה לשעה שתיים כאן עומרי לנדה עם מה שקורה עכשיו. דיווח ראשוני על פיגוע דקירה סמוך לחיקר איוש שבאזור המעלה. חייל נפצע באורח קל. על פי דיווחים פלסטיניים המחבל נורא ונעצר. כתבתנו קרמל דנגור מציינת כי בשעה האחרונה נפצע לוחם אגב באורח קל כתוצאה מאבנים שיודו לעברו בהפרות סדר בקלקיליה. וכי מוקדם יותר היום נפצע נהג רכב מעידוי אבנים במחסום חיזמה. 
שר הביטחון אביגדור ליברמן מסרב להתרגש מאיומי הרשות הפלסטינית להפסיק את התיאום הביטחוני. אם אבו מאזן עדיין בחיים, זה קודם כל בזכות התיאום הביטחוני איתנו. תיאום ביטחוני זה אינטרס של אבו מאזן לא פחות משלנו כדי לא להגיד יותר. עוד הבהיר השר כי ישראל לא תסבול ירי רקטות מרצועת עזה. אנחנו לא נסכים לשום טפטוף, ולהערכתי חמאס לא רוצה את העימות כי הוא מבין הפרשי ויחסי כוחות. אנחנו בדרך לקחת כל המנהרות התקפיות. בכנס לשכת רואי החשבון בירושלים התייחס ליברמן גם להחלטת בג"ץ שלא להחזיר גופות מחבלים ואמר לא חשבתי שהחזקת גופות מצריכה חקיקה כנראה שחוק השכל הישר לא קביל בבג"ץ נפעל לחוקק זאת תוך כמה שבועות ידיעה שמסר כתבנו הצבאי צחי דבוש תמה חקירתו השביעית של ראש הממשלה בנימין נתניהו, כתבתנו הדס שטייף. גם היום נמשכה חקירתו השביעית באזהרה של ראש הממשלה בנימין נתניהו ארבע שעות. היא החלה בתשע הבוקר והסתיימה בסביבות אחת בצהריים. ממה שידוע עד כה, החוקרים התעמקו שוב בשאלת תיק המתנות. בעיקר ביקשו לאמת את נתניהו עם גרסת מקורביו, אנשי העסקים. לפיה נתניהו ורעייתו דרשו על פי החשד לקבל מתנות. בנוסף, נדרשה השלמת חקירה בתיק 2000, מוזיס. בהמשך נדע אם היום אכן הייתה חקירתו האחרונה של נתניהו, וטרם תיתן המשטרה את המלצותיה. נתניהו צייץ בחשבון הטוויטר שלו, לא יהיה כלום כי לא היה כלום. תודה לכם על התמיכה האדירה. נשיא גרמניה הצהיר כי הוא מתבייש לנוכח שרפת דגלי ישראל בהפגנות בברלין במהלך סוף השבוע שעבר. כתבנו נתנאל דרשן. במהלך טקס הדלקת נרות חנוכה יחד עם שגריר ישראל בברלין, טען נשיא גרמניה פרנק וולטר שטיינמאייר כי המפגינים ששרפו דגלי ישראל לאחר הצהרת טראמפ אינם מבינים מה המשמעות של להיות אזרחי גרמניה. שטיינמאייר הוסיף כי על כל אזרח גרמני לשאת באחריות ההיסטורית על פשעיה של גרמניה נגד היהודים בשואה. התחזית היום תהיינה הטמפרטורות רגילות לעונה, מחר תחול עלייה קלה שתימשך בתחילת השבוע. אלה החדשות שעורכת ליאם רם אילת.
שנים קורבות, אחרי הרבה תפילות, עולים כולם לכאן, פה לארץ האבות, מצפון ומדרום, ממזרח ומהים, כל שופר עכשיו נשבע, ישראל עכשיו Oh, 
to sing your song We sing come the seventh day of the seventh day of every week Each up is our day of rest For the one above we look our best Sing a song of praise The Shabbos we shall keep Ms. Marshir Leo Shabbos Ms. Marshir J.M. in the A.M. with Aryeh Kunzler, Mizmor Shir, Leom HaShabos, here at J.M. in the A.M. The Kinderlach with Anna Bakoach, you heard Malu's Stor, Shrebel Shar from Levine, Avremel, Avram Fried, brand new with Achim Benefesh here. J.M. in the A.M. Friday, third day of Hanukkah on this era of Shabbos, Parshas Miketz with candle lighting time at 4.09. Rosh Chodesh Teves is Monday and Tuesday. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh Teves, Monday. And Tuesday, 22 degrees, afternoon snow, and a high of 60, I keep saying 62, it's a high of 32. Yeah, hell of I, 62. Uh, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He joins us 
with the weekly update coming up at 7.40 Eastern time. Get ready for that. Reminder, Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. JM Sunday with Matis live, 7 a.m. Sunday morning here at the Nahum Seagull Network. Keep that in mind. What other reminders do we have for people? Yehuda Green returns to Or HaTorah in Bergenfield tomorrow night. Motzei Shabbos Hanukkah. Uh, sure to be filled with inspiring Zmiros and Ruach. Information speak with Yechiel or Ehud. You could uh, you could email Ehudfried at hotmail.com. Ehudfried, E-H-U-D-F-R-I-E-D at uh, hotmail.com. Again, tomorrow night, Yehuda Green, Oratora and Bergenfield. A big Matzei Shabbos Hanukkah celebration, commemoration, uh, however you want to view it. Um, I remind everybody that um, it's getting toward the end of 2017. If you'd like to support us here at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network, we have a website, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org for the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, fjbunity.org. Please go to that website and please give generously over the next couple of weeks before the end of 2017, and we thank you. Big thank you to our friends at onlysimchas.com, onlysimchas.com. Continues to utilize a whole bunch of our content uh, for an incredible um, uh, news feed that they have on their site. Not just Simcha news, other news as well. Very interesting news from around the Jewish world. Check it out. OnlySimchas.com. Make sure to look at it every single day. OnlySimchas.com. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. Oh, 
מרגישים שהחיים כל כך קשים, מה יהיה עוד יום עד שנה? אבל אני מחייך, לא דואג להמשך, כי יש לי, יש לי אמונה. לפעמים מרגישים שהחיים כל כך קשים, מה יהיה עוד יום עוד שנה? אבל אני מחייך, לא דואג להמשך, כי יש לי, יש לי אמונה. Oh, 
Their rivals thought, are they for real, 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 real? Those Maccabees, they never yield, 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 yield. They charged ahead with sword and shield, 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 shield. Yeah, yeah, the war went on and on and on until the mighty Greeks were gone. Yeah, I my lockers in the air sometimes, saying, hey, oh, spin the dreidel. Just wanna celebrate for all late nights, singing, hey, oh, light the candle. We say, my oh, Classic from the Maccabees, of course. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos Chanukah 5778. My name is Nachum Siegel. That's Candlelight. Mamin Benisim was Yaakov Shweki. You heard Leif Tahar in there with Lachadodi. JM the M Friday, a few minutes away from uh, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll join us with a weekly update coming up. Uh, had an amazing day with Eighth Day yesterday in the studio. Hope you had an opportunity to hear it. It was really a lot of fun. It was, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was just a... A great, a great show, and a and a lot of fun, and good humor, and uh, I think we played a song or two, didn't we? I think so. <laughs> so if you missed any of it, check out the archives, of course, at nachomsegel.com. Erev Shabbos Parshas, Mikates candles at four oh nine. Remember Hanukkah candles before Shabbos candles tonight. So I guess in our area, people will start lighting the uh, Hanukkah candles at about three fifty, three fifty five. In that area, I would suspect. Rosh Chodesh Teves, Monday and Tuesday. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Teves, Monday and Tuesday. Keep that in mind. Here's Miami.
from the Hooked on Hanukkah album, Haneros Halalu. Before that, Maus Tsur, Miami Boys from Hanukkah Light Up the Nights. <clears throat> Friday morning, jam in the AM. Third day of Hanukkah, Erev Shabbos Hanukkah, candle lighting at 4.09 in the New York area. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow, Rosh Chodesh Teves will be Monday and Tuesday. Rosh Chodesh Teves Monday and Tuesday. I want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. JewishWorldReview.com uh, continue to recommend our amazing network to all their hundreds of thousands of readers. If you want a, an incredible array of articles regarding Israel and the Jewish world to print out before Shabbos, go to JewishWorldReview.com. You'll be glad you did. Also want to thank our friends at OnlySimchas.com. OnlySimchas.com has added an amazing feature, their news feed, uh, completely separate from their uh, big Simcha news, which is always uh, great to read. Uh, news feed available if you go to OnlySimchas.com. We recommend you check it on a daily basis, and we thank them for including our content in some of the important news of the week. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us for the weekly update here on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos Hanukkah. Mr. Honline, happy Hanukkah, and welcome back to JM in the AM. Oh, happy Hanukkah. Always good to be with you, especially this week. Hope you've been enjoying all the uh, accoutrements of the holiday, all the delicious treats and the dreidel playing and all the other ways that we occupy our time during the holiday. I have, and hope to do much more yet. Just getting into training here. We would like to see, actually, a, a dreidel game that pits you against some other leaders in the Jewish community. That would be very interesting. Yeah, well, a lot of them are trying to spin us. Believe, so it shouldn't be unusual. Believe you me, we pay careful attention to your strategy. That I can guarantee you. Uh, all right, not too late to thank President Trump. Uh, we spent a lot of time on this last week. Obviously, we won't this week, but those who have not yet those who have a desire, and in this audience, I bet you there are a lot of people with a desire, to thank President Trump for the new U.S. policy regarding Jerusalem as the recognized capital of the state of Israel. Not too late to uh, contact the White House using the comment line, uh, the actual address, and of course their email. Uh, Whitehouse.gov, as we've been pointing out, has all the information. Plus, many of you have utilized the Conference of Presidents uh, action on this uh, recommended action on this uh, topic. So not too late, and uh, and Malcolm, uh, you certainly would say better late than never. You're the one who's always uh, uh, at the other end of the complaints when there isn't enough mail, when there isn't enough reaction about announcements like this. So never too late for people to uh, get those thank yous out there. And for the many rabbis who listen, they should um, announce it from the pulpit, encourage their people to write, to let the White House hear. You see all the critics now and all the second-guessers and people being heard. Um, and it's just uh, the media distortions because of the meeting that took place at the, in Turkey this week and some of the other things that that uh, happened, um, trying to to really distort and misrepresent what what was done, and uh, turning a, a positive gesture into into a negative uh, as if this somehow is stopping a, an ongoing peace process. I don't know where anybody's been living, where they've seen it, uh, and, and, and have seen the, the uh, rejectionism by the Palestinian Authority all along, and the comments that 
Mr. Abbas made in in uh, Turkey, I think, underscore uh, the reasons why the, the the concerns and and the need to make make it clear, and and not just to the president, but also to the media and other any way that people can about the facts of the situation and that and the his uh, references to the Muslim and Christian. Uh, history and, and essentially dismissing and debunking Jewish history and Jewish connection to Jerusalem in its totality. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, we're gonna we'll we'll get to we will get to the New York bombing in a minute. There there are topics of the day that um, uh, we must address, but you, uh, you're staying with this, and there's so many questions about it. Number one, uh, the violence that was guaranteed, maybe some would even say promised, post the announcement. Have we seen the days of rage in the way that they were threatened last week? Well, we'll see what happens today. It's, again, another Friday prayer, but uh, clearly uh, the numbers are much smaller than, than anticipated. The, uh, quote, street, unquote, reaction is uh, muted compared to what was anticipated and what has been stoked. Uh, it has not yielded the kind of reaction I think people that there is a clear fatigue, not only a part of the leadership and the fact that uh, quite a few leaders didn't show up at the meeting in Turkey, and that you have the the divides within the the Arab communities or the uh, Muslim communities because Turkey not an Arab state. Um, that the the um, uh, analysis by most of the people who have been honest enough about it shows that. You have not had the kind of reaction. For one thing, you know, people are just tired of it. And I think for second, most of the people realize that this is not the kind of, of dramatic change or, or any change actually on the ground that uh, that would really evoke the reaction that you sometimes got when it's, uh, they said Al-Aqsa is under siege. And we know that the incitement is there. We know that they're trying to to get people to, to react uh, more and more. But um, I think that the, the efforts by governments in most cases was to keep it just to, to, to express themselves against, to, to, to do the required uh, condemnations, but not to go beyond that. Um, it, well, and it's not just the Arab states, and it's not just those who host, you know, OIC meetings that are that are <clears throat> declaring this and, mm-hmm. and, and claiming it. I mean, we see the EU, and, and by the way, when BB, when the Prime Minister of Israel um, releases a statement saying that that he thought or he was encouraged or he hoped that the EU would follow the U.S. lead on this and recognize Jerusalem or at least acknowledge uh, the positive aspect of what the U.S. had done regarding the Jerusalem policy, was he being serious? Was that was that playing the media? Was that playing the EU? What what, what was that when he went ahead and uh, and made that public statement? No, I think he was being serious. He had been invited to meet the foreign ministers uh, of the European Union. He made his views very clear. You know, he's not the most popular uh, personality, perhaps, with them, but I think he was he was putting down the markers and the reaction, expressing his anger at their reaction, uh, which is outrageous that the 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 
the right of a democratic country to determine its capital. It didn't preclude any other option or any of the options that people are discussing for, for the outcome of talks, which are, are not ongoing anyway. And now the PA says they won't talk to anybody, to the U.S. They want the Europeans. They want the U.N. And the Europeans are saying, we're not going to take on this peace process. People are tired of it. They've invested so much. And they know that each time, at the end, uh, the PA walked away from it, Abbas, Arafat first, and then Abbas, uh, and that the the um, the comments that Margarino, who is trying to, and, and gives the appearance that they're trying to stoke violence and want to have a, a more intense reaction, and certainly uh, trying to keep uh, countries from uh, talking about moving their embassies, the Czech Republic has said so, others uh, have indicated that they would be open to it, and she is working to to uh, stop any kind of movement of that kind. Yeah, well, I would expect that. I don't know. I thought the, I, 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 it's very possible. It's very possible that as sincere as he was, the prime minister, in his desire for the EU to follow the United States' lead, it's still very possible in the back of his mind he knew there wasn't a chance he'd ever do it. No, he, he, of course he knew, and he, he, I think he's putting down, as I said, he puts down right. markers. He, right. he, he said this is what you should be doing. I think he still hopes that maybe one or two would break and do it. But, you know, these countries are looking at realities themselves. Uh, the, the, I saw the, a report from Germany that uh, there are now 11,000 Salafists, you know, this, the extremist Islamists in, in Turkey versus uh, less than 10,000 at this time last year. And the growth within the, the most of the countries of Europe of, of extremist movements, we've seen it man, the manifestations in terms, uh, you know, of some of the events that have taken place, that the, the terrible attacks that have taken place, uh, and the the uh, and on the other hand, the attacks in countries like Sweden, and the the, the while the president reacted strongly, finally, the fact is that these things have been ongoing. And we have not seen the kind of of uh, reaction and and sustained action that uh, one would have uh, hoped right. for. Right. So, I think Netanyahu went there to deliver a strong message and the, to to counter any effort to try and create an alternative path, uh, uh, way, meaning going to the uh, UN or or any kind of initiative on the part of the Europeans. And it seems to me pretty clear that they're not the Europeans have no interest in going that direction. You know what's funny, by the way, as we speak on an Arab Shabbos Hanukkah, and someone pointed this out, I don't remember where I read it. You know what's funny? As mayors and governors and prime ministers and foreign ministers are gathering and acknowledging the lighting of the Hanukkah in whatever city, state, or country they may be in, and we know it's around the world, kudos to Chabad and others, right? Mostly Chabad. As they're doing this, they are essentially participating in a ceremony that essentially historically reminds the world that Jerusalem's the capital of Israel. You know, and it's interesting that I, I, I told this to the New York Times, and they called me several times, and, and I kept reiterating that the coincidence of this coming right before the holiday that marks the reassertion of Jewish sovereignty over Jerusalem. But what they change it to is the rededication of the temple. Right. And there is a, a significant difference. And I can't believe that it's just coincidental or, you know, some editorial uh, slip that 
the, this coincidence, the message of, of Hanukkah, and what it, what it really means <coughs> is too often lost on our own people, but certainly the refusal to acknowledge it and, and the uh, history and the connection, and to, to not react to, to a speech by Abbas denying all of this connection. Trying, if it had been done in the reverse, there would have been an outcry, as you can be sure. And the references to Haibar and to, you know, Haibar, Haibar, which is when the, when, um, the, um, when Muhammad supposedly, um, uh, you know, destroyed, when he, he, he came back and destroyed the Jewish tribes in Saudi Arabia in, in Haibar. I mean, these, these, this is a, a reference with a clear message, and yet you don't see the condemnation for it and, and uh, uh, you know, the fact that they're snubbing Pence, uh, Vice President Pence, who's, who's now postponed his trip because of the tax vote. Uh, his vote, his visit to Israel, I think, will take place probably midweek uh, this week. Um, and yet, on the other hand, a delegation from Bahrain shows up in Israel of, of religious leaders, uh, ongoing contacts between Egypt, all these other countries in Israel is, is happening. I think King Abdullah went, made a, uh, an overly strong statement uh, beyond what, what is necessary. Uh, and yet the, the ongoing connections and contacts and, uh, are happening. You know that the uh, discovery of the tunnel this week in Gaza Yeah. Uh, you know, they found it because they, they use this hydro drill machine. This is a massive thing that destroys anything that comes in its path, which is, is provided by Germany. They bought it from Germany, and it releases um, a, a chemical that binds with water, and then when it, when it finds, it hits something like this, it leaks the chemical that fills the tunnels and uh, seals them and in fact destroys everything inside. And these tunnels are very sophisticated. As you know, we've talked about it in the past. They have communication systems. They have telephones. They have all sorts of stuff. And the the massive amount of cement that had to be diverted uh, for it it gets very little attention. But, you know, Germany uh, sold this uh, machine to to Israel, and now it's proving to be a a life-saving machine because it, it helps them as they putting up the uh, fence, underground fence and uh, detectors. Uh, this this tunnel was beyond uh, where Israel has constructed so far. So, so many things are going on between the European countries and Israel. There's so much joint research, medical, high-tech, other, other things that are going on um, that, that never gets a positive message. Nobody reports on it. Nobody makes a headline out of it. But that's the real story to me. Yeah, pretty amazing. And I, I I'm still focusing on the uh, on the incredible point you've made of uh, the media, um, with its Jerusalem versus Temple observation when it comes to this holiday. It's really it's something we have to keep in mind. These nuances are so vital, so important, as you mentioned, likely not a coincidence. It is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Uh, let, let me break for a second just to acknowledge the passing of Rabbi Steinman, and I, I mentioned it especially in, uh, in this conversation. Obviously, we mentioned it and spoke about it. Um, the morning after it happened, but um, uh, you had pointed out to us on more than one occasion uh, that while sometimes 
we cringe when 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 there are extreme statements and positions taken uh, in 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 uh, certain circumstances by our leaders, rabbinic and otherwise. Uh, you had always described Rabbi Steinman as being just the opposite and uh, finding him uh, a pleasure to meet with and discuss issues with. So I thought you'd want to mention that this morning. Uh, I would welcome any opportunity to talk about him. He, uh, I had the, was the privilege of seeing him again in Sukkot with my grandchildren and some of my children, and he received each one. He shook hands, even though it was difficult for him to talk, but he re- responded to everything. And I, I, I saw him uh, a few months earlier when... He was completely able to, and and he would ask me questions in early years about, you know, the issues, very important issues, things that were going on, and sometimes he would make uh, very humorous humorous remarks, and and his views, you know, they, the media and, and others portray even somebody like him, and and I can tell you from the things he told me, and uh, uh, hearing him respond to. Uh, certain assertions by people who, who came to visit him that uh, his views were quite different. It was very realistic and, and supportive, and he called uh, uh, Israel Medina Shel Chesed because of all the guys who are learning there. He was, uh, uh, I only wish everybody would have had the chance just to, to bask in his, the radiance that he was a, such a, Ish Kadosh, such a holy man. He ate almost nothing he lived in the most humble. It's beyond humble. I can't even describe how how stark his living conditions were. He had the same furniture as he had, I think, 50 or 70 years ago when he got married. And um, it's a big loss for everyone, I think. Appreciate that. And, um, and uh, we acknowledge, of course, his passing and the impact and the incredible size of the funeral uh, in Israel, um, that was uh, done rather quickly and yet attracted such a massive crowd, probably a record-breaking crowd in Israel. Um, all right, let's talk about New York. Uh, you know what happened this week? <laughs> Speaking of the New York Times, by the way, I was so so frustrated. I I should just I should just stop looking at the paper because I was so frustrated. There was zero reference in the headline or what we would call, I guess, the subheadline uh, uh, to the intent or to the background of this uh, potential murderer. Uh, pipe bomb strapped to himself as a suicide bomber does, uh, this time underground near Times Square, Port Authority. Uh, what do we know about his background, and are we getting more and more concerned that uh, even the NYPD may have trouble stopping guys like this? Well, the NYPD does a great job in counterterrorism. They have uh, devoted immense amount of resources to it. They're the model in the world in this regard. But, you know, in a city of so many millions of people with, uh, you know, it's impossible to keep track unless they have some involvement on the Internet or in other ways in a mosque or somebody, a family member or friend turns him in or alerts the police to be aware of, of this. People said he was a brooder and, um, you know, he'd walk around. He was an angry young man, but nobody seemed to indicate that they anticipated him carrying out the this kind of attack. He, he had very crude uh, weapons, and it, it doesn't seem that he was associated with any uh, particular movement, but certainly the you're right that it raises the flag that it can happen anywhere, and it's, it's happening everywhere. Is it proper or accurate to call him, as some newspapers and media sources did, ISIS-inspired? Do we have evidence that he was ISIS-inspired? 
Well, there is a, that he listened to certain tapes or speeches and uh, himself made some reference to the, to the, and he wrote notes also, including in his passport about American dying. And um, there was a reference to uh, him listening to ISIS tapes and, and speeches, which again underscores why the internet can be such a dangerous vehicle for groups like ISIS who are able to use the dark internet to convey their messages and, and very little that you can do to really uncover all these things until they actually uh, are, appear and, and then try to, to close that one and then they open up uh, five more sites. We got very lucky here in New York this week. We know the uh, potential damage that could have been caused, especially in the place where he uh, you know, wanted to detonate the pipe bomb. And it went off prematurely and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that he, he was burnt um, and that, I mean, it could have been so much worse. Yeah, unbelievable. And uh, and if he was not a lone wolf, if he was, you know, what we call a lone wolf, I assume that as they usually do, some group would have proudly uh, taken credit for the attack. Correct? They they would have, and yeah. I don't know that they, you know they still won't, or somebody right. won't That's say true. that there's some connection, but no indication yet that that he's really a, a, a part of an organized effort. Although he may have been influenced by it, and and the the um, uh, the references to to the um, uh, ISIS thing is this guy Ula told investigators that the bomb was in retaliation for the airstrikes against the ISIS targets in Syria and elsewhere. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm saying that he himself uh, right. made that reference. Correct. So that's why it gets picked up. I think. Um. Saab Erekat is being taken care of in an Israeli hospital? Yes. That wasn't a joke article that I saw. <laughs> no, no, that's... I mean, I mean, if I would ask you to explain, you'd say, yeah, because the best medical care is in a hospital in Israel. I understand that. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I guess this is one way of declaring he's not a man of principle, huh? <laughs> I, mean, I just don't get it. I just don't get I mean, I'm not blaming the Israelis. I just don't... I, I don't get it. How do, how do they in PA leadership even have the, the thought of... Of uh, of um, you know getting treatment there, we saw pictures this week of Palestinian Red Crescent ambulances uh, dropping off rioters at a demonstration in Ramallah on Monday, and you know we know from the past that they have used Red Crescent Red the the equivalent of the Palestinian Red Cross, um, and uh, under the guise of seeking medical treatment, in fact carrying terrorists and people around in the past and seeing. Again now, and that the PA often charges people to to get on the queue to go to Israel for treatment, and you never see the pictures of the Palestinians going from the West Bank and Gaza into Israel for treatment, including members of the leadership of of Hamas's families. Um, and uh, I have cited this many times, yeah. um, and and yet Israel and Israelis line up on the border to take them to the hospitals and bring them back. They're called, uh, there's an organization, Road to Recovery, I think it's called, and there are 500 people who volunteered to do this. And yet that story is never told. And the, the benefits that, that derive to, to Palestinians and the life-saving operations and, and, and uh, treatments that they get, uh, and yet, we know that even in cases, some of the people being treated and whose lives were saved came back uh, as suicide bombers. Unbelievable. Um, 
the Sunday night, I was at the FIDF New Jersey dinner. Mm-hmm. Two speakers, two speakers. One, an Israeli soldier, Duvdavan, uh, dresses up as an Arab and you know goes and uh, and captures those who need to be captured. And the second one, a 21-year-old female soldier who is on the border uh, with Syria, and every night she and others go to the Syrian border to bring in Syrian children who need medical treatment because of the bombings at the Syrian border. And I'm like, you know, if that doesn't just tell the entire story, and if only the world would recognize it. And 4,000 Syrians have been treated in Israel. 4,000. I went up there in the middle of the night in the freezing cold to see it, to witness it, to, and, and until you see the actual operation, when you see these young men and women taking the bringing children, for, um, Syrian children and adults, and in one of the ambulances there were four hulking guys who had been treated in Israel. And it, when the ambulance uh, arrived and, and took them back to the border for them to go back to Syria, I asked the captain when I saw them come out and they were healthy then. Uh, aren't you concerned that these guys will one day turn around and, and and fight Israel? And he said, very likely, but that's what Jews do. Huh. Unbelievable. Talk about a light to the nations, huh? Yep. Unbelievable. Uh, I didn't ask you about the UN last Friday, speaking of the nations. Uh, one week ago, uh, after the um, uh, announcement by President Trump, the UN gathered, uh, aside from, you know, a resolution condemning the act by the president of the United States, anything else out of the ordinary happen, or is it what we would call a regular anti-Israel resolution? No, it's the normal course of events, and uh, I have to say we have to credit Nikki Haley again in her speech yesterday, and um, to two speeches, one showing the rockets that Hamas supplied to, to uh, the Houthis in Yemen, which is a violation of the Security Council, but also her lecturing them uh, and saying that uh, the United States doesn't need lectures from uh, the people in the UN who, who uh, condemn and who, who railed against the, the U.S. decision, which was a, a positive move. And she, uh, I think, put the message very clearly and straightforward. We know that, that Abbas is talking about resorting to the U.N. again to bypass negotiations, to have them designate, uh, to, to rescind the, the U.S. measure, which obviously the U.N. can't do, but also designate the state of Palestine again. He wants them to do it or it'll go to the international court and to uh, to designate Jerusalem's capital of of Palestine, and if you notice in his comments, he only he, he completely again denies the Jewish connection to Jerusalem, and uh, it, it resorts to it because this way you don't have to he he doesn't have to make any concessions. It's the same pattern of all the years where he has avoided any uh, opportunity. To, to negotiate and to sit down, which would have taken care of a lot of these issues. Yeah. And I think that's that goes back to your first question about why uh, there's been a muted reaction. I think people have looked at all this and are just tired of it. Yeah, no question about that. Uh, tell me about the Putin trip this week. It's funny, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, you had outlined for us uh, the influence that he and Russia are trying to have in so many other countries. Now he's actually visiting them and you know and showing everybody what he's trying to do. I think that uh, it, it, it shows the centrality of the role that Russia has 
um, is playing and the position that he has successfully asserted with a minimal investment, with a minimal uh, troops on the ground, and now announcing again a withdrawal from Syria. Uh, then, as I reported, his, his, uh, the new base he's building in the Sudan, he has now permanent bases in Syria. He's achieved uh, a lot of what he wants in the region in terms of being able to create a, a permanent uh, footprint uh, in the region. Uh, whether his interests and those of Iran will eventually clash, we'll have to see. But he, he for now, is, is playing a critical role. And the fact that um, it's Iran, Turkey, and Russia working together to carve up the Middle East uh, without the U.S. U.S. Is, is maintaining its presence in Syria, as they announced, and uh, trying to play a constructive role. But the the fact is that Russia is, has teamed up with these uh, other countries who are not playing positive roles. And um, uh, his visit, and, and uh, there are stories which do not appear to be true, is the story of the that came out of Russia, that they, they have an agreement to use Egyptian uh, bases for their aircraft and that appears not to be, in fact, true. There, there was a uh, the United States accused Iran of, um, of violations in the last forty eight hours, but doesn't have enough proof to to bring it forward to prove it. Is that is that the way? There's so much proof about all the violations that go on in Iran. The the, the issues this week was one is that they by, they passed the, the deadline for renewal of the sanctions, so we're going to have to have a new. Um, uh, sanctions base. They are also in demands on Syria about their permanent base and uh, territory and a 50-year lease that they want. And the Syrians seem to be reluctant to to to, um, to give it. Um, and we saw them, of course, being very vocal and and threatening at um, at the conference in Turkey at the OIC, the Organization of Islamic Cooperation uh, meeting that was convened by. Um, um, Erdogan, but it's interesting to note that the, the king of Saudi Arabia, the leaders of UAE, Egypt, others did not attend, which again shows and highlights the divide that exists today in in, in the, the region. Yeah, uh, Taylor Force passed the House. Is this uh, is this going to have practical implications? I mean, is it easy or difficult to uh, uh, control? Um, or to act or react in terms of um, you know when when the PA is uh, funding families of uh, terrorists. It, it it well it only passed the House. It has to pass the Senate for it to become law. Why did I, a real why did I think this had gone through the Senate already? No, it, it's it, been debated, but it has not. And maybe I it don't went through committee. They're going to make it this year, but certainly they'll do it in the beginning of 2018. Um, and the uh, so it, it it doesn't have the force of law yet. The message is very clear, and the support is was overwhelming, but it had the Senate has not acted on it. Is it possible it went through committee in the Senate or something? The House committees uh, and the Senate it began to debate and discussion, or at least discussion. I don't think they have uh, had a formal debate on it yet. Oh, man, was I confused about this? I apologize. No problem. And a lot of people are skeptical. Uh, about the um, you know the movement of the embassy, I know that there's plenty of reason to celebrate, and we were really happy with the announcement by the president. But already, Rex Tillerson is warning us again, like the president did in his speech, about how long this could take, 
And we're just assuming, you know, those, those of us who, who pride ourselves on being pessimistic, uh, we're just assuming that at some point there's going to be something that causes an even greater delay and gets postponed long enough for changes to be made in policy. Should we be concerned? Well, what Tillerson said, the Secretary of State Tillerson said essentially was that it was three years away. Others have talked about two years. I think even three years is, is probably a minimal uh, assessment because of what's entailed. To, to uh, They have various locations that they own, but I think that they're looking at new locations. And until you draw plans and you are able to really build a, a functional uh, facility, which means even if you you keep the embassy, the current building in Tel Aviv for visas and other things, you, you still are talking about moving a, a large number of people and having a facility that will have the various um, consular and other functions. So I, I'm not particularly troubled about whether it's uh, two years or two and a half years or three years or four years. What I think is important is that we see that, it, that they start to to move and and he he include he did say even the secretary of state uh, I mean um, that they have to do a lot of planning to find a secure site have to uh, there are a lot of considerations. Well, I also thought by when the it, way when it, when, it, when, it, is, when it gets postponed indefinitely, will you call me and let me down easy? Uh, <laughs> I think well, I've thought myself down easy. <laughs> That's the case too, but. Um, you know, nothing got destabilized by it. And in fact, if you saw India, China, and Russia did not say, did not speak about East Jerusalem as a Palestinian capital. Right. And uh, I think that uh, Nikki Haley's comments about not having countries teach us what's right and wrong should be read by that speech, should be read by everyone. Yeah, 100%. That was very powerful. She has a way with words, and she has a way of delivering them with tremendous force, even if they sound soft-spoken. Really, really, really great job. And yeah, Russia, which had made a big deal about the West Jerusalem, you know, being about West Jerusalem being the capital of Israel, certainly could have, you know, doubled down on that and declared uh, East Jerusalem for the PA. So there's no question that the fact that they hesitated to do so is significant. Uh, it, I didn't realize that these large rallies against the Prime Minister of Israel are taking place on a regular basis. All because of the investigations? Because of the corruption inquiries? Well, it obviously has a, a broader political uh, agenda here, but they they are rallying, and there have been rallies, uh, several of, in, in Tel Aviv, I think the second or third really big one with many thousands of people uh, coming. Um, but, you know, the, the political parties, others, people who, who want to bring them down, want to, there have been calls for elections uh, because of the various trials and, and uh, charges that have been made. Uh, but also from those who who consider themselves uh, candidates to to succeed him. Um, but yes, there have been many demonstrations. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know. I mean, how many more times can they call him in for inquiries and all this? Like, it seems it's endless. Uh, that the, <laughs> the way the process. Uh, the, the charges <laughs> don't seem so serious, unless I'm totally, you know. I'm not immersed in the topic enough, but it, I don't know. They don't seem that serious. It would take so long, but who knows? Uh, Listen, charges of any kind against the prime minister are serious, and, and governments tend to be impacted, you know, and when their leaders are diverted because of it, you know, to, to focus on and pay attention to it, uh, it, it, you know, it, it takes a toll, and, and you've had a lot of people, a lot of hearings, a lot of things going on. But you're right, nothing so far. There's, there is no 
uh, indictment, and the prime minister uh, has not been specifically charged, nor nor his wife, for that matter. So people are already moving a step ahead of that. Yeah. You know, this holiday focuses a lot on Hanukkah Tabayit for obvious reasons. There are a lot of people who would love to participate in the Hanukkah Tabayit of the brand-new embassy in Jerusalem. I tell you that much. Even better would be the Bain HaMikdash if they could, but uh, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll accept that as the first step. There are, people in this, <laughs> there are people in this audience who would say, we'll start with the embassy and then go to the Bain HaMikdash, and there are others who would say, let's start with the Bain HaMikdash, and we can worry about the, uh, about the embassy. But they don't have to compete. I, I saw some very funny uh, depictions. Of the of putting the embassy on the Harabayit and, <laughs> and, and another that had Trump Tower on Al Aqsa. You know, people people were frustrated fifty years ago. They didn't build a shul immediately in some area of Harabayit. I wonder if the, the better move would have been to build an embassy up there, a political building instead of a religious building. Interesting to consider, huh? <laughs> I, right. <laughs> I don't think it would have flown for any reason. One other thing, when we talked about the frustrations, there was a poll that showed that 70% of Palestinians want Abbas to resign. And 75% said the Arab world is too occupied with its own concerns, and Palestinians are no longer a primary concern. And uh, they see, a uh, vast majority see already a, a Sunni alliance, Arab alliance with Israel. And... Um, and that uh, about two thirds of the people in the, the West Bank say that uh, you can't criticize the PA without fear, and talked about the corruption. Uh, that's almost about eighty percent. People should look at those numbers too when when we see our want to understand why he's trying to do things that can rally the masses and ex- incite them and excite them. And this time it didn't happen. Yeah, excellent point. All right, wishing you a Shabbat Chanukah Sameach, and uh, we should uh, in fact. Be privileged to be at the uh, dedication and rededication of all the important buildings in our history, those that will hopefully be up very, very soon again. And people, again, make your voices heard, speak out, um, watch the situation in Argentina. It's a very important development in terms of the trials and, and uncovering what really happened and Iran's role in it. And God willing, we will see much more progress in that. You know, it took a lot of lives and uh, the corruption and the, the level of uh, collusion, I think, will become more and more clear. So a lot of interesting things happening in the world right now, and we should follow it and, and again, make your voices heard. And during the recess, meet members of Congress. They're coming home. Remind them about uh, some of the cases, Rubashkin and uh, the MIAs, and the um, and it's still we still have not finalized the... Uh, the case of Jonathan Pollard, and, uh, you know, make your voices heard, remind members of Congress of the very important issues that we face. Call like a vote, Malcolm, maybe the most important minute of this entire uh, weekly update. I thank you for that. Uh, uh, Shabbat Chanukah Sameach. Thank you so much. Uh, there he is, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, Friday morning, 740 Eastern Time here at JM in the AM. This time each and every Friday, every Arab Shabbos. With great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Uh, today, of course, Rabbi Yudin will also speak about Shabbos Hanukkah. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. 
Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. And Afreil Chachanukah, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Miketz, Shabbos Chanukah. But before I discuss either the Parsha or Chanukah, I think it's most important to remind everybody that this afternoon we have the privilege of lighting first Shabbos Chanukah and then Neros Shabbos. And therefore, we have to understand why you cannot use the small colored candles for lighting Hanukkah this afternoon for Shabbos Hanukkah. The answer is, and I'll explain why in a moment, that the candles have to burn for at least an hour and a half. Where do we get that cheshbon from? The answer is that whenever you light near Hanukkah, the candles have to burn from the proper time of lighting near Hanukkah, which is at the end of Shkia, at the beginning of night, approximately 5.10 in the New York area. And therefore, it has to burn from 5.10 on minimally a half an hour. We're lighting Shabbos candles at 4.14, so we're lighting Hanukkah candles approximately, and probably the latest, around 4.10. So we have to go from 4.10 to 5.10, which is one hour, and then comes your additional half hour. So, therefore, the small colored Hanukkah candles are not to be used this afternoon. One should use either oil which burns for more than an hour and a half, or Shabbos candles. And therefore, one should try to have, if they can, a menorah, which takes the larger Shabbos candles. And if not, Alpidin, you don't need a menorah. It's nice to have one for Hidor, for enhancement. So you can take these tea lights and line them up, put the shamas away from the three and have your um, uh, lights, Emir Hashem, please God, the four uh, lights for the night of, uh, for tonight's lighting of the menorah, have them lined up and that way your tea lights will burn at least for an hour and a half. I'd like to, this morning, connect Hanukkah and the Parsha by giving an interesting introduction as to what will be the amplification of a beautiful concept found in our Torah in the fifth book, in Parshas for Eschanan, in chapter 6, Pasuk 18, the Torah says, V'yosisa hayoshar v'hatov b'nei Hashem. You are to do what is fair and good in the eyes of Hashem. Now this is another Pasuk that we can't really understand the Pasuk without the assistance of the oral law, because after all, by observing the 613 mitzvahs, we are going to be doing what is Yashar and Tov in the eyes of God. 
it's going to be fair and good. <coughs> what is the Apostle coming to teach me? The Gemara in Bava Metziah 108 teaches us that among the different laws that this Pasuk is teaching is that of Bar Metzra. To give you an example how the Torah makes us into good people. That if you have a situation where you have two neighbors that their properties are next to each other contiguous one to another. And even in a situation where unfortunately they might even have forgotten why they're not talking to each other. But if one of the neighbors is moving, he has a fair price as to what he's asking for his property. He has to swallow his pride. He has to knock on his neighbor's door and say, Look here, I am moving. This is what I am asking for my property. And you have the right of first refusal. This is the law of Bar Metzra. Now, listen carefully. Even though he might want to sell his property to his best friend or somebody else, the halacha is he must go. Why? Because he wants to get a certain fair market price. He'll get his price. But at the same time, it is beneficial for the one who is his neighbor, to have two pieces of property that are adjacent one to another. And even if he should not make that trip and and knock on the door, should he sell it to somebody else, according to Jewish law, he can go to Bezdin, and Bezdin will uproot the sale because the Torah builds in that you are going to be a quote-unquote good guy. Pride in our Torah. The Torah makes us into good people. Now, let's go to this week's parsha, And where are we? We're in a situation whereby Yosef accuses his brothers of being spies. Yosef puts them in jail for three days. And... He tells them they've got to go back and bring their younger brother. They feel this unbelievable pressure, and they stop and they pause and reflect. In chapter 42, Pasuk 21, what might have caused this situation (coughs) that they're in this tough spot? Now listen to what they say. They say one to another, We are guilty. Now what are we guilty of? Looking back over the last 22 years, what might they have done? Now you and I, who are the audience, are shouting out, we know what they have done. What they have done is, they sold their brother. No, that's not what they say. Listen carefully. They believed, if you go back to last week's parasha and look in the Sopurno, they believed they were justified. They believed that Yosef was a rodave, and therefore they were justified in selling him. But what are they guilty of? Yes, has something to do with our brother. What is it? That we saw... Tsoras nafsho, we saw literally the 
anguish of his soul, when he begged us, pleaded with us, and we didn't listen to him. Ah, Alkin, therefore, Bo Elinu Hazos. Now watch, what are they saying? They're not saying that we're wrong for having sold him, we're wrong for not having had Rachmanos. Because after all, we should have gone Lifnim Mishuras Hadin. We should have gone beyond, beyond the letter of the law, and not just in keeping with the letter of the law. Very, very interesting. Now watch. Let's take this one step further. What is Hanukkah? Hanukkah is just that. Lifnim Mishuras Hadin. It is going beyond. How so? The Talmud teaches us, based upon that which we find in the fourth book of the Torah, Pesach Sheni, whereby the Torah says that on the anniversary of their exodus from Egypt, Hashem says to the Jewish people, observe the holiday of Pesach. Men come to Moshe and they say, we can't participate in the Korban Pesach. We are Tomei, ritually impure, having come in contact with a dead body. So, everybody knows the law. If you are Tomei, until the ashes and water of the Pora Duma have been sprinkled upon you, you cannot be Tohor. You're not pure. You cannot partake in an offering in a Korban. So you're exempt. They say, no, we don't want to be exempt. We want. So Hashem gives them the second opportunity of Pesach Sheni. Instead of observing Pesach in the month of Nisan, <clears throat> they have their Korban on the 14th of the month of Eeyore. Now watch. The Torah in Parshas Baha when he gives over these laws, does so by saying Ish Ish, any individual. An individual goes to Pesach Sheni up to 49%, but if 50% or a little bit more than 50%, the majority of the Jewish community are impure, then Tuma Hutra Bitsibur, then the problem of impurity becomes lifted and becomes permissible, and the entire nation can bring the offering in a state of impurity. So here, the majority of the people were Tamei, the the entire base of Migdash was Tomei, use the Tomei oil. And from the letter of the law, points out the Pnei Yoshua on the Gemara Shabbos, that they could have used the impure oil. But what? They went lifnim mishuras hadin. They went beyond. We're not stopping. We're going to look. We're going to look and try to find that one pure jar of oil. Why? Now the Bach says, why did we lose the Beis Hamikdash? Because Nisrashlu ba'avoda. Because unfortunately, their attitude and their seriousness of t- of mind and commitment to the Beis Hamikdash had waned. They had taken it for granted. We've had it. We always will have it. It became second nature to them. They lost the Beis Hamikdash, meaning that the Greeks came and uh, overruled them and overran the Beis Hamikdash. Now, 
that they were victorious over the Greeks, they showed an incredible desire. We're not going to use the Tamayoil. We are going to try our best to have only the pure oil. And guess what? Because they went lifnim mishuras hadin, they went beyond, so did he. So did Hashem. Hashem went beyond, and Hashem created a miracle to match their enthusiasm, to match their dedication. And this is such a powerful uh concept that we have to learn as well in terms of our lives, that we too are to go, not just to satisfy the letter of the law, but to go beyond in that very special spirit of the law of Vyasisa Hayosha Vatov. The Jewish world this past week lost a great Godol, Rav Aaron Leib Steinman, Zatzal, who lived to 104. Now, once again, Lo Almon Yisrael, the Hashem always provides that there is leadership for the Jewish people. The fact that we've been privileged of late in the last few generations to have not just great leaders, but leaders who have been especially elderly. Rebel Yoshev Zatzal was approximately 103, and now Rav Steinman Satsau, 104. I'm just going to tell one story, to say that he was a masmid, that he studied all the time, and to say that he was brilliant, and to say that people came for advice and blessings. I just want you to hear just one little story, because this is what makes a gadol, and that is that after his wife passed away, a family member noticed a change in his Friday night Protocol. How so? For years, Rav Steinman would always ask for a second helping of fish at his Friday night meal, which he stopped doing after his wife's passing. And even when the family members would offer him that second helping, he said, thanks, but no thanks. And Rav Steinman later explained to them when they pressured him that he doesn't even enjoy fish, but he was always asked for a second helping out of respect and appreciation for his wife, who worked so hard each week, Erev Shabbos, to prepare the fish. And therefore, out of his desire to give her satisfaction, that he enthusiastically asked for extra fish each week for 60 years. That's a gadol. I don't have to tell you that he was a big tamachacham, but I have to tell you that he was a super mensch. I just want to say that if we want to ask ourselves, what could we do to go lifnim Meshur Hadin? It's worth your while to go and get a copy of his tzavua, of his will that he left for the family and for the Jewish community. And in essence, it shows that in his passing, the incredible um, anivos, the incredible uh, humility with which he lived his life, the humble abode, is reflected in his savoir. But he says, listen carefully, that anyone looking to memorialize him, to assist him, should learn a chapter of Mishnayas daily until the end of the 12 months. A chapter of Mishnayas is for many, many people too much to take upon themselves. 
But I would like to suggest one Mishnah a day. You knew him, you didn't know him. That is not the point. The Jewish community lost a Gadol. We have a chance to go for each and every one of us before we go to sleep at nighttime. Take that additional few moments. Learn a Mishnah. It's going to help your sleep and it's going to help yourself fulfill the Yosisa Hayosha Vatov. Shabbat Shalom and a Freilacha Hanukkah to all. From the holiday Nigunim of the Ger Hasidim, Nigunim Hasidei Gur, uh, Chazen David Werdiger of blessed memory, with that version of Ma'oz Tzur here at JM in the AM. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, welcome to a Friday here on a um, uh, Erev Shabbos Hanukkah. Thanks for joining us, everybody, from around the world. It is much appreciated. A lot of great people out there tuned in, and uh, we thank you. Don't forget, tomorrow... 9 p.m. Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami right here at the Nahum Seagull Network. That's always a cool experience for a Saturday night, especially Matzah Shabbos Hanukkah. Uh, don't forget Sunday morning, Matis has JM Sunday. Matis has JM Sunday on Sunday morning. Don't forget that. Starts at 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Eastern Time here at the uh, Nahum Seagull Network. 
A couple of things. First of all, we've been informed that um, we've been informed that tomorrow night Yehuda Green is going to be at Arha Torah in Bergenfield, New Jersey. A Shabbos Hanukkah, Matzei Shabbos Hanukkah show. Information: Ehud Freed at hotmail.com. Ehud E H U D Freed at hotmail.com. That happens tomorrow night in Bergenfield, New Jersey. Let's see what else is going on here. Um. Congratulations again to the uh, YU Max on the big victory last night. The overtime dramatic Hanukkah miracle victory. Well, not a miracle. They have a good team. Uh, but it was quite a performance, I must say. Young Israel of Woodmere welcomes Rabbi Herschel Schachter this Shabbos. Information, uh, yiwoodmere.org with the uh, event schedule, etc. Community-wide Hanukkah celebration at Suburban Torah Center in Livingston, New Jersey. They have the dinner tonight and tomorrow night, the Israel Fair at 7 o'clock and the Hanukkah concert extravaganza with Kinar David Yeshiva Jazz Band from Israel. That is tomorrow night to benefit the One Israel Fund emergency campaign for Nevei Tzuf. Information 973-994-0122 for information. Uncle Maishi, come eat the... Brand new Uncle Maishi. He'll be with Cousin Nahum this coming Sunday at the Agudas Israel Base Binyamin, 2913 Avenue L in Brooklyn, New York, beginning at 1.30. The brand new show with the brand new Uncle Maishi. Uh, he'll be there with Cousin Nahum and a comedy juggler again Sunday at the Agudas Israel Base Binyamin at 2913 Avenue L in Brooklyn, New York. That will begin at 1.30. Information, jewishtickets.com, jewishtickets.com. For all the information. All right. JM in the AM. Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos Hanukkah with Dudu Fisher. Hanukkah, 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 
מעוזת סור ישועתי, מעוזת סור ישועתי. לך נאה, לך נאה
next day he came home from work with a menorah in his hand. His dear wife said to him, Joe, I just don't understand. They've worked so hard to get to where we are today. And now what will we do? What will the neighbors say? Well, he lit those candles anyway. Yes, there were five that night. And from his window to the street glowed the candlelight. They were burning for an hour, maybe a little more. When suddenly Mr. Richardson stood there by the door. He said, would it be okay if a word to you I say? There's something about those candles you must know. Yes, they bring back memories of my father I still see As he lit those candles many years ago Yes, they bring back memories of my father I still see As he lit those candles many years ago He stepped outside later on that night And boy, was he surprised He couldn't believe what he saw He couldn't believe his eyes From all the houses on their block Glowed candlelight from their windowsills and out into the night. Yes, they had one memory. Yes, their fathers they did see lighting colored candles on a windowsill. Eight days a year they'd light another candle every night. It lingered in their memory still. Yes, they had one memory. Yes, their fathers they did see. JM and the AM, I want to thank those who are commenting on our app and wishing a very happy uh, Hanukkah and Shabbat Hanukkah Sameach to all uh, from all of us here at JM and the AM. Um, Monday morning, I'm back starting at 6 a.m. It'll be Rosh Chodesh and Hanukkah. We'll start actually earlier with bonus JM before 6 o'clock at some point. So join us. Don't forget tomorrow night, Saturday night, Seagull with Avrami. Don't forget that the... Um, uh, the JM Sunday with Matis starts at 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Eastern Time here on the Nahum Siegel Network. That's Sunday morning, again, 7 a.m. Eastern Time on the Nahum Siegel Network. Coming up next, Naomi Nachman with teen chef Eitan Bernath. Melinda Strauss, creator of uh, KitchenTested.com and kosher feast coordinator SD Berkowitz. Melinda Strauss, SD Berkowitz, and teen chef Eitan Bernath. They are all guests of Naomi Nachman on Table for Two Encore, which is coming up just about six minutes from now right here at the Nachum Siegel Network right after JM and the AM. The Arab Shabbos Show, brand new. It's amazing. It's sponsored by our friends at Kedem. It's hosted by Mark Zamek. It is an amazing musical program every single Arab Shabbos. Start at 10 a.m. and just keep going, everybody. You will be thrilled with what you hear today, especially Arab Shabbos Hanukkah. You want to be in the mood for Shabbos Hanukkah. You want the atmosphere of Shabbos Hanukkah. You'll have it. And a big thank you again to our friends at Kedem. They bring you the Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek each and every week. And I thank Mark for putting it together and uh, for the choice of music, which seems to be the talk of the town. 
and for good reason. Erev Shabbos Parshas Miketz, candle lighting at 4.09 here in the New York area. It's time to say good Shabbos as we get set to bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Teves, Monday and Tuesday. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM in the AM. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish 
moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com. On the NahumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. And that wraps up an amazing week here at JMDM. Happy Chanukah, Chag Urim Sameach. Afrelech and Chanukah to all. Thanks so much for tuning in and celebrating this week with us. And don't forget, enjoy your Shabbos Chanukah. There's only one of them this year. And um, enjoy it with family and friends and have an amazing time. Monday morning, I am back. Before that, don't forget, Avrami hosts Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. Eastern Time. Matis live Sunday morning with JM Sunday beginning at 7. And Elliot Weiselberg at 7 p.m. on Sunday night with Court Report. All the uh, basketball and hockey action from around the Yeshiva League. Have a fabulous Shabbos. Great weekend. And a wonderful Hanukkah. Till Monday, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. (laughs) 